0: Thank God for the shower of blessing this morning, it was wonderful, and uh, it is the Lord's doing, and we are grateful for it, amen? Amen. I'm going to try to see if I can teach this morning, um, as opposed to sermonating you, Um, I'm trusting that the Lord is going to help us, and bring some understanding unto us. Uh, Because I sense that the path on on which we're on um, is going to lead us to some places where we will begin to see some great manifestation of God uh, like never before. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's why I love this song, uh, the last song that the choir sang. And I'm going to be having a conversation with us this morning on the topic I have titled, Help My Unbelief. Help My Unbelief. Say to your neighbor... Neighbor, Neighbor. Pray, for me. pray for me that God, that God. will help my unbelief in the name of Jesus. So there was a man in the scripture. Let's go there quickly. I think it's in the book of Mark, chapter 8, uh, chapter 9. Um, let's start from there. That's where that came from. It wasn't um, some spiritual uh, gymnastic or dexterous. Uh, my path is just the Word of God. It says, help my unbelief. In the book of Mark chapter 9, I believe you, you remember the story of a man um, who had a son, and the son was in great torment um, of, of the demon, and he came to Jesus from John, uh, Mark chapter 9. Let's just read Mark chapter 9. I'm going to just paraphrase. Well, let me just read. Um, Mark chapter 9 from verse 20, I think we can start from 21. So this man came to Jesus, and uh, the conversation was very, very interesting. Very interesting. So Mark 9, see if we can cut it short. Okay, from verse number 17. Mark 9, from verse number 17. And one of, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wherefore he took him, he teared him, and it, and he foam it, and gnash it. You see all those gnash it, gnash it tickets. They're really, really something in King James. And foam it, and gnash it with his teeth, and pin away. And I speak to thy disciple, and they that they should cast him out, and they could not. <laughs> he answered. Him and said, "O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me." And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tore him, and he fell on the ground, and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father. How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Um, Let's see that in, uh, in message version. Um, whatever that means. If thou canst help us. Many times he picture him into fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. <laughs> That's the father talking. But look at Jesus' response. Let's read that also. Jesus' response next. Jesus said, Jesus said, if, if, there are no ifs among believers. What are you talking if? Anything can happen. The father said, if you can do anything. If, if Jesus can do anything, if you can do anything to help us. Please help us. And he says, there is no if among believers. That should not be named among believers. And the, and the story continues. If thou can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Verse 24 is where we took the title from. And straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Amen? Help thou my unbelief. I believe that help my unbelief. Amen? And I believe that's one thing that God is going to help us understand today. That help, God has already provided it. Amen? And that's what we're going to be studying or discussing this morning. Very quickly, I'm going to really be fast. Amen? And so, we know the end of the story. Jesus healed the boy, and, you know, um, everyone was happy. But that word, help thou my unbelief, was ringing in my heart. Until God led me to John John chapter 6. And we're going to study from John chapter 6 today, amen? amen? Book of John, let's go back to the book of John chapter 6. And let's see how the, the Lord had the prayer of that man, not just for him alone, but for every believer. Jesus actually provided our help for every believer to help our unbelief. To help us so that we will be where God wants us to be. Because I guarantee you there is no eaves. No ease with believers. Amen? So let's quickly jump to John chapter 6. And let's begin to read from, I think we'll read from verse 1. John chapter 6. And let's look at that conversation. And I'm going to try to see if we can... uh, all uh, come along with this. John chapter 6, beginning from verse 1, help my unbelief. This is the help God provided. God provided answer to that man's prayer in chapter 6 of the book of John. And I believe God is leading us to, um, to, to learn this, this this morning and every one of us who walk out of this place, um, beginning to walk uh, without unbelief. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberia, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles. I want you to begin to underline those. A great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. They saw miracles and they were attracted. I love I love message version. He said they were attracted. A great multitude were attracted to him because miracle is an attractive force, amen. So a great multitude they follow him because they saw the miracles. And verse three, and Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the passover feast of the Jews was nigh, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him. He said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And when we talk about great company here, we are talking about more than 5,000 people, according to the record. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. That can't be true. Okay? And do you agree with me on that? That can't be true. Okay? Keep in mind, God is trying to teach us the answer to that man's prayer. Unbelief. Now, there are several characters in these scriptures, and I will point them out. The crowd is one character, okay? Philip is one character. Um, As we read and I will see, um, Andrew is one character. And uh, there was a boy that had five loaves of bread and two fishes. It's one character, okay? These are multiple faces of unbelief. Okay, multiple levels, I should say, multiple levels. Let me use that word, multiple levels. And it is found in Christianity today, amen? And I'm trusting that the Lord will help us as he has provided his help to us, that after today we begin to see where we are and cry unto God to move us to where we should be, amen? So, he was speaking to Philip here, and uh, Philip said, answered him, 200 penny, because the reason why I said I disagree with that right from onset is because It doesn't matter how little, okay? Everyone will be able to get a little if you buy two penny worth of bread. Everyone will get something. It might be a crumb, but he said they will not be able to get something. That's why I disagree with that. I'm an analytical person. So you can't tell me that's impossible because if you divide those things even to to a portion like an atom, everyone will get something. So so there are some categories of... uh, Well, let me use the level of unbelief wherein we exaggerate so much and we lean on impossibility so much that we look at things and we say, impossible. It is just impossible. No discussion, no analysis. This is impossible. That is Philip. That is a Christian like Philip. He's a Christian. Don't get it wrong, not an unbeliever, a Christian. This is an apostle. So, that was his level. But Jesus, according to the scripture, was trying to do what? Prove him. It was a lesson. Jesus was not trying to embarrass him. Otherwise, out of 12 disciples, why did he choose Philip? When would he ask Philip? But that was Philip's level. Philip was a Christian that does not believe with God nothing shall be impossible. Even though he's an apostle. He still saw impossibility in his dictionary. His dictions is still filled with impossibilities. Now I want you to begin to, as we begin to analyze each of this character, to see where you are. Because God has provided an answer to that man's prayer. Help my unbelief. So if I am a Christian that I still see impossibility that's my level then I could not begin to tell God you know what help my unbelief I still see impossibilities because there's no if among believers That's what God says Amen And so that's what I believe God is trying to teach Philip and is tr- trying to teach us because this book Of John chapter 6 was about teaching believers how to believe amen okay he is another character in verse number eight one of the disciples nobody was talking to him Andrew Simon Peter's brother said unto him why was it that only Andrew spoke out out of the rest of the disciples They were all there. Jesus spoke to Philip. Philip gave the answer. And Andrew said, hmm, I think my level is higher above this. Andrew said, he went ahead and figured out there was a boy with a five loaves of bread and two fishes. Andrew is not in the level of impossibility. You see the distinction between Andrew and Philip. Look at what Andrew said. Andrew, in verse number 8, he said, One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? See that? See the distinction? He saw that there is something. But he was still saying, you know, We have more than 5,000 people. Five love for 5,000 people? But Jesus, there is something here. There is something here you can walk with. There is something here. That's another level. That's another level. There are Christians at this level, wherein they are not 100% there, but they're on their way. They is see, see possibilities. Even though it is small, they believe in the scripture that says, though your beginning may be small, your later days shall be greatly multiplied. Amen. That's the level there. They saw something small, and they said, well, Jesus, this is what we have. But this is small. Can you do something with this? Amen? Amen. And I want us to begin to look at that. How about the five, the, the boy? The boy with the five loaves. We don't know what Peter, um, what Simon or Andrew told that boy before the boy gave up the, the five loaves. But this boy voluntarily volunteered the five loaves and the two fishes. Why? That's the level of faith. That's the level of deliver. Here is a boy with his lunch. He saw a need. Even though he could not meet the need, he relinquished the little that he had. Five loaves, two fishes. That's a level in Christianity. Wherein I know I cannot carry the load of the entire world. I can't solve the world problem. How about the niche? Remember the niche? How about the niche? How about just focusing on a niche? Can I take care of a niche that God has given me? I only had five loaves and two fishes. Can Jesus do something with it? I'm not too educated. Ah, you know, I only went to, you know, um, what do they call High school. But Jesus, I know I'm not eloquent. But can you do something with my five loaves. Here is my five loaves. Amen? I don't want to belabor it. You get a point? Different levels. Different levels. Okay? Alright? So let's move forward. In verse 10, And Jesus made the man sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the man sat down In number about 5,000, without counting the children. And I believe without counting the women. I need to verify that. I don't recall, but I think there was a scripture where it was explicitly said, without counting the women, and I I, I don't know if that is true. So don't quote me on that. But I know without counting the children, 5,000. Amen? Okay? So... Now, and Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Uh, verse 11. Let's jump to verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. Now, I took a pause here. Why wouldn't Jesus say anything? Why did he not? Say anything to Philip after Philip gave the answer. Why did he not say anything to Andrew? After Andrew said, all he did was he took the five loaves, he gave things, he asked them get the men to sit down. This was entirely reading to answer the answer and the question of unbelief. He was teaching but he was doing it in life transmission. Right in their face, He was beginning to manifest to them what it means to believe in him, what it means to have faith in him, what it means to trust him. And he was taking it very gradual, and I love it. Very gradual. He didn't start teaching or start quoting scripture or start doing anything with Philip. He just simply let him, you know, reveal himself. Reveal his status. The same with Andrew. The same with the boy. And he continued on that teaching. And as they sat down, the Bible said everyone was fed. Out of that, five loaves and two fishes. And the next thing he did was, he asked the disciples to gather the crumbs. And the Bible said, 12 baskets of crumbs were left after everyone had eaten. Amen? Amen. What do you think is happening in the mind of the people at that point? What do you think is happening in the mind of Philip? What do you think if you are Philip, what will you be thinking at that point? If you are Andrew, what will you be thinking? If you are the boy, what will you be thinking? Or if you are among the crowd, what will you be thinking? Let those be homework. What was Philip thinking at this point? What was Andrew thinking at this point? What would the boy be thinking at that point? But let's look at what the crowd were thinking. We can take care of that today, amen. The crowd, because that's the focus here, okay, amen. So five thousand people were fed with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Are you with me so far? Okay. So they gathered all those, and let's jump and begin to look at the crowd. Verse fourteen. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle, keep in mind, I asked you to underline the first miracle. They were attracted to him. Why? Because they saw the miracle he performed on the sick. Now they've seen another miracle. Now this is the miracle of feeding 5,000 people with five loaves. So in verse 14, the Bible said, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Hmm. This is a good comment. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. We leave that alone. Let's read forward further. And when even was come, was now come. His disciple went down onto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea er- arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rolled about five and twenty or thirty full arms, they see Jesus walking on the sea, and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. He said, But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. That's another miracle, but this was only witnessed by the disciples. They left without him, and in the middle of trouble, they saw him walking on the sea. And they were so afraid because no one has ever seen that before. He said, don't be afraid. So I'm trying to let us see the catalogs of miracles that multiple people have seen. The catalogs of miracles that these people have seen and yet they do not believe him. Miracles might not be the answer to believing. Many in the church have seen miracles and miracles and miracles, and yet the problem of unbelief is still there. So that's what Jesus is trying to show here. So they said they saw the miracle, they were attracted. What happened after they got to him? The miracle is only good to attract. It brings people in. But after what happened, that's not what Jesus is seeking. Amen? Amen is seeking those who will pitch their tent with him. Amen? So they saw another miracle. And uh, now, let's look at, we're we're focusing on the crowd. I want us to see some, you know, some very, very good stuff about the the crowd. Um, Let's jump again. We've seen the, the third miracle. In verse 22, the day following, two days now, The day following, when the people we stood on the other side of the sea, these are the crowd. They were not the disciple. They didn't follow the disciple into the ship. But these people stayed there till the second day. They were still waiting for Jesus. Okay, the crowd were so committed, quote and unquote, so devoted, quote and unquote, that they would not move. They did not move because they were waiting for Jesus. Okay. That shows some kind of religious piety. Okay? They've been Christian if there's something like that. So, they can stay in church 24-7. They are in every program. They will be the first to come, the last to go. But that does not solve the problem of unbelief. They stay there two days after Jesus has gone. That's, that shows some level of commitment. But that does not solve the problem of unbelief. Amen? So, it said, So, the following day, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one where into the disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciple into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. That's why they were waiting. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that, the Lord had given thanks. So, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither the disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. Mark that word. After waiting two days, they now came to Capernaum. And the Bible says they were seeking for Jesus. Amen? Amen? That looks like commitment to me. But yet, the problem of unbelief is there. And when they have found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi. Now, that's another word. You don't call someone Rabbi, except someone who you are on there, who is tutoring you. Okay? In the Jewish tradition, the rabbis are those that are teaching you. You know, the scribes, the teachers. So you call someone rabbi, it means that you take instruction from them. You take teaching from them, you learn, you train under them. Here they are, you know, saying, Rabbi to Jesus. Okay? Uh, where are we? 25. So it say, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus in verse 26 answered them and said, Verily, verily I say unto you. When Jesus is saying something twice in my business, is for emphasis. When he says, Verily, verily, that is key. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles. Wait a minute. Prior to this, now we thought that. They saw the miracle. And when they saw the miracle, the Bible said they confirmed this of a truth is the prophet from God. And you would think that was the reason why they are following him. You would think that's the reason why they came to church. You think that's the reason why they are in every program. But Jesus is saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracle, but because ye did it. Of the loaves and were filled. This is where Jesus is beginning to teach them. All you are running after is bread, is something infinismo, something that is just for now, something that will meet your immediate need. That's all that is driving you towards me. Because Jesus can see through every one of us. He can see through us. But his intention here was deliberate. He was answering the prayer of unbelief. He was trying to teach the people. And he said, the reason you are coming to me is because of bread. And the lesson begins in 27. He said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Let's look at that in message version. Verse 27 in message version. I will see a message. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Okay? Walk. For the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides, he and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. I want you to begin to pay attention. Now, these are the lesson, the answer to the prayer of unbelief. Amen? Okay? And so in verse 28, Then said they unto him, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What shall we do that we might walk the walk of God? Begin to see. You know, every appearance shows that these people are ready. Just the same way we come to church, we worship. We, I mean, we have all good intentions. All the appearance looks good. Show us what we should do. Show us what we should do so that we can do the work of God. Okay? And I love the answer. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They were asking Jesus, what can we do? What work can we do? What work can we do so that we can be doing the work of God? And he simply said to them, only one thing. Just believe in the one God has sent. Because the moment you believe, then other things will fall in place. Believe first. Okay? And the word believe, if you look at it in the Greek translation, there are three root words that constitute the word believe. Most scholars say trust, rely on, and cling to are the words that constitute the word believe, trust, rely on, and cling unto. So when you say believe, you are saying trust, rely on, and cling unto it. But that's not the end of the story. It's just beginning. So they said unto him, verse number 30, they said, therefore, unto him, what sign? Cheweth thou then, that we may see and believe thee. What dost thou walk? You've got to be kidding me. You were attracted because you saw miracles. Remember in verse 1. You saw another miracle of the 5,000. You said of the truth, this is the prophet of God. Now, Jesus said, all you need to do is just believe in what I do. Believe in who sent me. Believe. They are asking for signs. What sign? What sign? What other sign? Another miracle? Or what exactly is this all about? So, give us a sign. We've not had enough. I guarantee you, this sign is all about bread. It is all about bread. It is all about the likeness of that food, bread, that we perish. That's all they're concerned about, or at least their understanding. Because I believe Jesus is truly here, sincerely trying to help believers. Amen. They said, therefore, to him, what sign should thou then that we may see and believe thee? So all these ones you have done, uh, it's not enough, okay? But look at how I know they were talking about bread. Not literal bread. I'm not talking about, I mean, but anything that has a resemblance of bread, something that the Bible says it is perishable, perishable food, you know, anything that has to be, you know, that has to do with here. Anything that is perishable, that is not of eternal value. Okay? Food is good for the body. You don't eat, you're going to die. Amen? So, it's not about food. Verse 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is reading. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. You see what they're saying? So they're looking for that kind of sign, sign of manna from heaven. And Jesus said, fine. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Amen? I'm going to... You know, speed up a little bit. So he's trying to meet them where they are. You know, he's trying to teach them based on what they know. They are acquainted with bread. They understand bread. So he's trying to use that same um, symbol to move them from where they are to where they should be. Okay? And that's why Jesus is the greatest teacher on earth. Amen? So he said, my father actually sent you the bread from heaven. Are you with me? I hope you're not bored because I'm trying to do this because I can just do bam, bam, bam and preach. Like miracles. Preaching doesn't help unbelief. Until you sincerely listen and meditate and let Jesus pour into you. You might listen to teaching. How many teachings have we had? How many, how many messages have we preached? Hallelujah. Tons, uncountable. That's why I saw what Jesus was trying to do here as, I mean, invaluable. It's incredible how he was trying to pour out onto these people what will lead them to where he wants them to be. Amen? So he continued the conversation and he said, For the bread of God in verse 33 is, there, is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Anytime they mention bread, just like in the church today, once it is about money, we are all jeered up. We are jeered up. That's the only thing their eyes were attentive to. Yes. Every time bread is mentioned, anything that has to do, perishable things, they are attentive to that. Immediately they said, Give. Up. why didn't they say, help us to believe? When he said, all you need to do is believe. He told them, he said, all you need to do is believe. They begin to question him. Now when he said, Bread. Give us the bread. That we know. That one we understand. Give us the bread. So when God is trying to teach us, God is trying to reveal himself to us. Our attentions are majorly on what we need. The perishable things. Give us the bread. Just help me get a job. Just get it. I mean, well, I understand. Just give me the, the breakthrough on the business. The bread. We are attentive to the bread. And that's the number one obstacle to our believing. It's the greatest obstacle that the devil has used to torment believers. There is nothing else the devil needs to use to help us to continue to cultivate the habit of unbelief than our needs. Our bread's. We need the bread. That's all we want to hear. Jesus, we understand. Just give us the bread. Amen? But he's trying to help them here, and I love it. So they said, therefore, unto him. Uh, Well, we've we've passed this. So they said, give us the bread. And uh, verse, let's begin to jump quickly, because time... Uh, so in verse 35, let me reiterate verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. See, because if, you, if they have jumped on the word believe, when he says, All you need to do is believe. You see, bread is already taken care of inside of belief. Thirst is already taken care of inside of belief. But they're not getting it. We as Christians, we are focused on bread. But he is saying, what you need to do is to believe in me. And then bread will be taken care of. First will be taken care of. Every other thing will be taken care of. But you got to do a work. And the work is... To believe. Believe. How do I do that? How do I believe in God? And uh, let's, I think we can jump to, let's jump to message version. Message version from verse 35. Because I think that will make it a little bit clearer. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me aligns with me. Alignment. Say alignment. 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 See? As opposed to the traditional way we've thought, believe. How to believe? Say, you know, you got to believe, got to believe, got to believe. No. See? It makes it simple. When you are talking, when Jesus is talking about believing in him, this is what he's saying. You need to align with me. Alignment. Say alignment. Alignment. I'm sure we are all familiar with alignment. Alignment is what he is talking about. He said, whoever aligns with me will not be hungry, will not be thirsty. Let's move on. Let's move on. Alignment, that's the key word I want us to. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you've seen the miracles, you've seen you keep asking for more, you don't really believe me. You don't really believe me. Let's move on. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. Let's move on. I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. And what is that will? Let's move on. This is in the nutshell, is that will. That everything handed over to me by the Father be completed. Not a single detail missed. And at the wrap up of time, I have everything and everyone put together upright and whole. That's his will. Don't forget to believe in means you align with him. You align with him. Now, when you are asking God to help you to believe him, is this on your mind? Are you thinking about the alignment? That's what Jesus is trying to do here. They're only thinking about bread. He has provided bread. It has not helped. They're looking for miracle and sign. He has done it. It has not helped. He is making a place say. What I'm talking about is when you want to believe in me, what you got to learn is you need to align with me. Believing in Jesus is not that God give me a car and you got the car. No, 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 no. That's bread. Yes, sir. Believing in Jesus, Jesus is saying it means aligning with me. Be in agreement with me. Be in alignment with me. Trust the one that sent me. Trust the work I am doing. When you are in alignment like that, then you are doing the work of... Can you go back, um, go back to verse, verse 29 in message? Let me show verse 29 in message. Jesus said, when they asked, what shall we do to do the work of God? This is message version. He said, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent. That kind of a commitment... See that word? That's the word I'm looking for? Commitment gets you in on God's works. Everything about believing God is wrapped around commitment. Committing unto Jesus. Having such a commitment unto Jesus. Wherein you are aligned with Him in what He is doing. Lose your head for a moment, just align with Him. That's what he's trying to teach us. So when that man said, help my unbelief, the answer Jesus is giving is, I can do that. All you need to understand is, you need to be committed to me. That's all God is looking for you to do. Just be committed unto me because God sent me. Be committed to me and align with me in the work that I'm here on earth to do. Once that is taken care of, Bread is already a solution. SARS is already a solution. Houses, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's already a solution. Our focus is supposed to be on committing to Jesus. And he said, once that commitment is actualized, when Jesus realizes that you are committed to Him like this, you are already doing the work of God. It's an automation. Okay, It is an automation. You are already doing the work of God. And God is saying to us, at that level, I know, I know you believe me. That's the only thing that we prove to Jesus that I believe. It's not because I said it. It's not because I'm doing some spiritual gymnastic. If I preach 1,000 messages in one hour, we will not show sure Jesus that I believe him. If I wake or risk the death, it doesn't show Jesus that I believe in him. Remember Matthew 7. we do, we did many miracles in your name. It does not prove to Jesus that you believe him. Jesus is saying, you believe me when you are in alignment. When you are in alignment, when you are committed to me. And you are in alignment with what I am doing here on earth. Amen? I think you get that gist. Do we get that? Okay? So, in verse, let's see. So, in verse, let's go back to that verse uh, 39. Verse 39. So, he says here, this is in a nutshell, is thy will. So when I'm going to, for example, let me use a literal word. If I'm working in a company, okay, and I have to, uh, in every company, there is a global goal, right? We call it strategic goal for the organization. And every uh, subunit or department within the organization, they must also have to align their goals or objectives with the corporate goals, Right? Right? So that's what we do, every one of us. That's what we do. Jesus is saying to believe in me, to solve the problem of unbelief, to show that you believe in me. Here is the goal. This is what I and my father were about. And so in order for you to prove to me that you believe me, all you need to do is believe in this goal. Believe in these objectives. Believe what we are doing and then align with us. You getting me? Align with us. Align with my, me and my father in these objectives. So that means our goal becomes your goal. We are of the same mindset. We are now focusing on the same goal. And Jesus is saying, the moment you do that, that's when you believe in me. And that's when things begin to happen. The way we're expecting them to happen. But we have been focusing on bread. All we are telling Jesus is just give us the bread. We understand the rest later. And he says, all you need to do is believe. And the belief is what we're trying to break down here. Align with me. So in everything we do, verse 39 is where we are going. He said, this is in a nutshell, this in a nutshell is that we are that overarching goal that you need to align with this is it that everything handed over to me by the father be completed not a single detail missed. and at the wrap-up of the time i have everything and everyone put together upright and hold the next verse as i close this is what my father wants you want to believe in him you want to believe in jesus you want to solve the unbelief or the, the, the problem of doubt, everyone who sees the Son and trust and, and trust who He is and what He does, and then align with him will enter real life. Eternal life. My part as Jesus is to put them on their feet alive and hold at the completion of time. The word believe again, trust, rely on, and cling to. Jesus, when he is saying, all we need to do is believe, all we need to do is believe, all we need to do is believe, all he's saying is, you need to believe in who I am, and you need to trust in what I'm doing, and you need to align yourself with it. When you do that, then you are already in the work of God. You are automatically in God's work. And everything, I mean, absolutely everything else will be taken care of. Because they are all included in that package. I want us to bow our head and talk to God this morning. I don't know if you've heard anything, but I don't intend to preach. I wanted to show us the same way Jesus thought the the, the man of old if there is anything we need it is to believe but it has been a myth up to now some of us when we hear the word believe it's like a myth we really don't understand what it means we really don't understand how to do it just like that man says I believe but hate my unbelief. I really don't understand what you meant when you say believe. What Jesus meant for every believer. When he says to you, you need to believe me, is that you need to believe he is the son of God. is the son of God. is the one that came to this world to die for our sin. He is the one that Jesus raised. He is the son of God. And he came into this world to die for the sin of the world. That's what he wants you to believe. And he wants you to believe in the work he is doing. What is he doing? What work is is Jesus doing? The work of saving souls. The work of bringing men from perdition to life. The work of redeeming the souls of men. He says, if you want to believe in me, you have to believe in that work. You have to align yourself with that work. Are you ready to work with me? Because this is our goal. This is what I believe in. This is what my father sent me here to do. That everyone he has given unto me that I lose known. Are you in alignment with that? Every moment, every day is that in your thought. At your place of work is that in your thought. Do you think about that in your community? Do you think about that where you work? If you are not, then you are still in doubt. You don't believe his work. You don't believe in what he came to do. That is the doubt. That is the doubt. You will have to reorientate yourself and that's why he called it work. It's going to take work for you to begin to align yourself. It's going to take some physical effort from your part to begin to align yourself. And say what is God's goal? What is in the mind of Jesus? Why did God send him? Then am I in alignment with that? Am I on a daily basis working towards that goal? Is it what I'm about? Or am I about bread? Or is what I'm thinking about all about bread? Listen, believing in Jesus comes as a full package. Leave bread alone. Leave water alone. Focus your effort, all your labor on the goal. And trust him. Believe in what he is doing. Align yourself with that. And he says, then you are in God's work. Can we talk to God in prayer? Talk to God this morning. Lord, help my unbelief. Jesus already had that prayer. He's already solved that problem. He's provided a solution. He's provided a solution in John chapter 6. He's told you, all you need to do, believe in me. And this is how to believe in me. The reason there is doubt because we probably don't know how to believe or what to believe. All you need to believe in is he is the son of the living God. He is the one that died for your sin and was raised by God. He's now in heaven interceding on your behalf. And the work he came to do was to save the souls of men. So when you are fighting with your neighbor, was that in your consciousness? Did you think about that? That Jesus might be in the process of saving this my neighbor. If you are not, you are not in alignment. You don't understand what it means to believe him. When you are quarreling with your co-workers, was that in your consciousness? Did you recall the fact that you are in alignment with Jesus? And this same co-worker might be someone that he wants to save. Was he in your your consciousness? If it is not, you are still in need of his help. And that's why you need to talk to him this morning. Help me. Help me. Help my unbelief. Help my doubts. Help my unbelief. Because every time we step out of alignment... It is this doubt. That's what is doubt. We focus on food, and we think that's what is. Oh well, because uh, oh, I believe in this. I no longer. No, 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 no. It is your alignment. Your alignment with his work. Your alignment with what he is doing on a daily basis. That's all you need to watch out for. That's why he says in his word. He said, "This is all you need to do. This is your work. Align with me in the work which." My father and I are doing. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen.